0: Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you yeah. wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Should we stand? Let's pray and then we're going to receive the word today. So good to be home. So good to see the church packed. Thank you for honoring us today. We, as Chantelle said, we really love our church. And as great the opportunities are to travel from time to time, there is nothing like being in Soul Church, 4 Mason Road, and soon to be 55 Hartseys Lane. We got our new address this week. And someone brought to my attention that 55 is goodness and grace spiritual definition so goodness and grace heart sees lane we're coming up so i'm looking forward to that so it's pretty cool so why don't we lift our hands and just just if you feel comfortable you don't have to but you should really (laughs) unless you're driving don't do that (laughs) father god we thank you father we lift up holy hands to you we just want to say thank you today for who you are and for what you've done We thank you for everything that's taken place over the last week. We thank you for carrying us and protecting us and looking after us. But we thank you today that we would receive a fresh word from heaven. Father, I pray as I speak, Lord. Lord, it would uh, just speak into people's hearts and souls and minds. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, you guys can take your seats. I'm going to read um, some verses out. And I want you to see if you can spot two words that appear in all seven or eight scriptures. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Romans 1.17, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith, Hebrews 11:3. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that was his, what was seen it was not made out of what was visible. Verse 7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. Verse 11. And by Faith. Even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. Last one, verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for 17 days. 18 times in one chapter, we read two words together, by faith. I want to start a three-week um, Uh, micro-series today called By Faith. By Faith. Everyone say, By Faith. faith. This week, we're going to talk about walking by faith. Next week, declaring by faith. And on Heart for the House Sunday, giving by faith. By faith. Faith. It's a word which you hear a lot in church if you've been coming for a while. But it's a word that occasionally you hear outside of church, but it's a word that we can maybe misunderstand or not fully grasp. And if you've been coming for a while, maybe this will just be a reminder series for you. Or if you're new to church, um, I I pray that uh, it will be a word that really challenges us to grow and positions you and helps you see God in a new light. And our journey over the next three weeks, if you say what is kind of the the series all about, is to really grasp an understanding of what faith is. And the best definition of faith that's helped me, I don't know who said it, I heard it at Bible school many years ago, is seeing our lives from God's perspective. Seeing our lives from God's perspective. So the question is, if that's a good definition of faith, what is God's perspective of how he sees me? And I think Paul answers this in Ephesians really well. In chapter 1, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. Verse 7, in him we have redemption for his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the richness of his grace. So, if faith is how God sees me, how does God see me? Well, according to Ephesians chapter 1, God sees me as blessed, chosen, holy, blameless, accepted, loved, redeemed, forgiven, and favored. That's how God sees you and I. And this is how God wants us to approach life and walk through life. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says, for we walk... By faith, yeah, right. not by sight. Yeah. So, so, so think about this. It's not just how God sees me. It's I've got to have faith to see me as God sees me. So it's by faith I am blessed. By faith I am chosen. By faith I am holy. By faith I am blameless. By faith I am accepted. By faith I am loved. By faith I am redeemed. By faith I am forgiven. Now, as believers, guess what we're supposed to do? You ready? Believe. Yeah. Believe. You now, I've met so many unbelieving believers over the last two years. Since the start of COVID. I'm like, really? What's coming out of their mouth? I'm like, it's... But we're actually, we're meant to believe, first and foremost, how God sees us. Faith, I'm going to change the quote a little faith is simply walking through life and believing how God sees you. Believing it. Joseph Prince says, right believing is what leads to right living. If, we, if you're struggling with living right, it begins with believing right. Romans one seventeen says, the just shall live by faith. Which means there's two ways we can walk through life. We can walk through life with fear or we can live with faith. By the, way, by the way, both fear and faith have a catchable spirit. You can catch someone's fear. We're talking a lot about catching COVID. You can also catch fear alongside COVID. You can, but there's the good news. You can also catch someone's faith. You ever been around a faith-filled person and suddenly it begins to rub off on you? Suddenly you believe that God can do it? Suddenly you believe that you, God can move you past your circumstances? 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit, spirit, fear of power, and of love, sound mind. You take your notes, write this down. People catch our spirit. People catch our spirit. This is why we've got to make a decision in the morning to hear the Word of God. Because when we leave the house, we don't just affect ourselves. We affect the people around us. We affect our spouses, our children. That's why daily we've got to renew our minds with the Word of God. A fearful spirit is contagious and a faith-filled spirit is contagious. I loved being in Nigeria. I absolutely loved it. For three days, it was remarkable. And I walked into church. There was a couple of thousand people in the room in this big tent. He can't afford buildings, they so just put tents up everywhere, amazing, and everybody is just the faith, the faith in the atmosphere, people were on their knees, every hand was, there wasn't a phone in sight, people went on Instagram, oh, oh holy are you Lord, no, no, no people, pho- and I turned to, I turned to the pastor, I said, pastor, I said, I said, why is there so much faith in the room? He says, because without it, they're finished. He says, if they don't have faith, they can't eat. He says, people are here today. And he says, if they don't get a word from God, if they don't catch them from from heaven today, they might not be able to get through another week. The problem with us is we've got a backstop. There's no backstop in much of Africa. I had my eyes opened again. Do you know how blessed we are, by the way? Can I just remind you today how blessed you are? Can I just remind you again that everything you're worrying about, is everything's going to be okay? Can I just remind you again that God has not forgotten about you? Can I just remind you again? There's probably going to be some kind of lunch waiting for you today. He said, Pastor I says, John, without faith, they're finished. He said... He's telling me they regularly experience supernatural miracles in their church. Blind eyes open, deaf ears open. Come on, we've got, we've got to wake up. We've, God has called us to walk by faith with the spirit of faith, the spirit of faith. Hang on, before you cheer, 1 Timothy 6, 12, this. says you've got to fight the good fight of faith. Fight is a, a faith is a daily fight. There is a tension a fight every single day in between our ears, between fear and faith. It's a fight. And let's, just, let's be honest. Some days we win it, some days we lose it. But we've got to keep recognizing it. It's a fight. Right now, our country is in a fight. It's actually a fight for faith. I want to talk for, about walking by faith. Why does God want you and I to walk by faith? I'm glad you asked. Here's three big whys. Three big whys. And as you do this, you'll understand why there is such a big fight for faith. Number one is this, faith produces rest. Faith produces rest. We all know the old saying, you can't put a price on a good night's sleep. Who likes a good night's sleep? Yeah. An uninterrupted, no snoring, no kids jumping in your bed in the middle of the and there's monsters in the house. Who can just sleep for anything? You're like, where's where's all the sleepers? There There was a guy on the plane, and I literally, I walked into him in the night. He had his leg. I banged into him, and he did not move. He did not move an inch. If that was me, I'd have been, you know, blessing him. But, you know, rest, rest is something we all continually strive for. But, you know, that actually shouldn't be that way. Because you're taking notes, write this down. You can only enter the true rest of God by faith. By faith. Hebrews 4.3 says, Now we who, we who have believed, there's the faith, enter that rest. I'm actually believing today that some, some of you are going to grasp this and it's going to help you rest and sleep. Because John 10.10 10 says the enemy comes to steal. One of the things the enemy wants to steal is people's sleep people sleep. Who knows if you have a bad night's sleep, it affects your day. It affects your attitude. It affects meetings. It affects how you interact with your kids. And so the enemy's really subtle. Often we think the enemy is this big, you know, like the Manchester United emblem. But I don't think the enemy acts like that. I think he's just so subtle. He plants a seed of doubt or fear or worry just before we go to bed, and he likes to keep us up all night. And then it wrecks the sleep, and then it wrecks the next day. But here's the thing. Faith produces rest, rest, what's the one, what's the one thing I think the enemy loves to steal? It's not your phone, it's not your identity on Instagram, or your brand new trainers from your suitcase, God bless whoever's got those, it's our rest, it's our rest. And how does he do that? So the enemy steals our rest in two ways. We've taken notes. Number one is worry. Number two is unforgiveness. Yeah, They're the two things that steal our rest. Number one, worry. Let's, let, let's deal with them both. First of all, rest steals, uh, worry steals our rest. We've all read this famous passage, Matthew 17, 20. It says, if you have faith... As small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here and it to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. That is how God wants his children to live, that, that passage there. But sadly, and this goes for Chantal and I from time to time as well, we've rewritten the passage and we, we, we read it like this. If you have fear as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, grow from little to large and it will grow and nothing will be possible for you. So you can have faith as small as a mustard seed, or you can have fear as size as a mustard seed. And the enemy, he never starts with mountains, he starts with small hills, seas. And in the night, who's ever worried about something at night, and you wake up and it's a bit bigger? So how'd that thing grown in the night? It's because you didn't have faith to deal with it before you went to rest. You know the enemy? I'm going to call the enemy a scarecrow. I've got a picture of scarecrow. This is, I found him online. He's called Henry. So if you're in Henry, if you're called Henry in here, I'm sorry, but this is a scarecrow called Henry. And uh, you know, scarecrows cannot actually harm anyone. They cannot do any harm. They just play games with birds' minds. Now, here's what the enemy likes to do. He likes to be a scarecrow in your bedroom. Just before you go to sleep, just as you're coming home from work, he likes to scare you. He likes to scare you. I've come here to tell the enemy, the scarecrow today, you are just a scarecrow. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He's just a scarecrow. God's rest, God's rest has nothing to do... Often we, when we talk about rest, we're like, I've got to get a holiday. I've got to have some rest. And we all need a holiday. And we all need that type of rest. But God's rest has nothing to do with taking a break from work or activities. It's about trusting God is in control in every detail, the minors and the majors of our life. Everything from your heating bill to your mother-in-law, to your Instagram impersonators, to your new church, to the person who's hurt you, to uh, you know, your mortgage rate potentially going up. God is in control of absolutely everything in your life. And so the, this is the deal. We have to trade our worry for trust daily. This isn't a one-side, this isn't just a quick fix sermon. This is to give you some keys to help you on a daily basis get through. I understand the season we're in right now. There's so much fear in the atmosphere. There's so much uncertainty. So I want to give you some tools on a Sunday to help you on a Monday. Okay? And we refuse. Okay? So number one is worry. The second thing, the second thing to give God a trust in, our faith in, so we can rest, is to let go of things that people have done to us. We refuse to be mad at the person who's hurt us. We make a decision that God will vindicate us. You know, being mad at someone actually doesn't hurt them. They're probably out at a party having a great night, and you're stewing at home all upset, because that's what unforgiveness does. That's what unforgiveness does. Unforgiveness steals your rest. Steals your rest. And we cannot live in the rest of God if we're angry or worried. And this is why by faith. Often I've never, when I studied this on the plane, I've never seen that rest and faith go together. Actually, true rest is associated by faith. And the only way we can truly enjoy our lives is to, three words, just trust God. Just trust God. Turn to the person next to you and say, just trust God. Watching online, tell the cat, just trust God. Tell the dog, just trust God. Come on, let's say it together. Just trust God. Well, I'm—I'm. To be honest, I don't know where to put my trust anymore. Whether it's—I can't put my trust in government. I can't put my trust here. I can't. So here's the thing. Just trust. I'm going to keep saying it till you get it. Just trust God. This side. Let's see how good you are. Ready? Not bad, not bad. You guys at the back are half asleep. This section, ready? Just trust God. Mm. I'm a scarecrow. Just trust God. Together, come on, let's say this together. Just, Just trust, trust God. God. And here's what I've found, you ready? If you trust God, you age slower. If you trust... Man, who who saw some people after COVID? After a couple of years, go "Hello, whoa, what's?" Ooh. Woof, woof. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, "Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest." I honestly think the biggest ages are worry and unforgiveness. Wow. If you're worried about age, aging, just Trust God. Just trust God. Now, if you trust God, you can be 70 and look 50. If you trust God, you can. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Come on. Some of you. Hang on you're worrying too much and it's showing all over you just trust God just trust God the more we worry the sooner we start to show it on our bodies and our faces things start creasing up and falling out and all sorts just trust God what's the first thing you do when you worry you hit the ice cream You do. The first thing you do when you're having a bad day and you're wondering, what do you do? Open the fridge. You don't look at the carrots or the cabbage. You go straight for the ice cream. You go straight for the cake. Just trust God. Just trust God and go to bed. Honestly, some of you, you're weighing up. Just trust God and go to sleep. Just trust God. I refuse worry. Jesus is the Sabbath rest for the people of God. Amen. Jesus is my rest. And you know what? When you go to sleep, he gets to work. He's like, would you just go to bed and let me fix this one? You're like, "Oh, worrying about how it's all going to work out. God's like, just go to bed. Have a good dream. And trust me. You know, as we go into half for the house season... As we put seed in the ground. We don't just put it in and go, God, ha-. we put it in, just trust Amen. God. Chantal and I, we're just saying, God, as we sacrifice, we're just going to trust you. You know, I've got a rest in the fact that God is my source and my provision. Amen. For the new building, for us personally, in this season of uncertainty, God is my source and God is my provision provision. Why do we walk by faith? Number one, faith produces rest. Do you want another one? Number two, faith produces righteousness. They all begin with R. Romans 1.17, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Righteousness, what a big old-fashioned spiritual word. Maybe you've been coming to church, like me, you went for many years, and you never fully grasped or understood this word. I get it. And, you know, the word righteous or righteousness is kind of kind of, you've heard the word self-righteous, but let's just unpack what it means from a human standard and a biblical standard. So righteousness, righteousness. Righteousness by human standards is by being made right by our human behavior. So we do something wrong, and then we have to do something right to make it right. But righteousness in how God sees it, spiritual standards, is the quality of being made right in the eyes of God. Human standards say, I have to do. God's standards say, it's already done. Human standards says, it takes effort to be made right. By godly standards, it takes faith. Human standards, righteousness, it's rewarded. God's standards, it's received. Now, if you can grasp what I'm about to share in the next five minutes today, it can bring freedom in your life. Some of you, you've come into this, you've maybe, you've transitioned from another church and some of the things I'm going to teach in the next five minutes, they are going to be new for you and you may struggle with them, okay? But we believe that we have been saved by grace, not by works. By works. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says, before Before I formed you, this is God talking, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Now, when God says he knows you, he really knows you. Your spouse knows you to a point, and your parents know you to a point, but God knows everything about you. Who thinks that's pretty scary? Every thought you've had, you're having, and will ever have, God knows about. If you want to walk out of church now, it's okay. Okay. All my good bits, my bad bits, my failures, my insecurities, my flaws. God says this, I see them all, yet you are still mine. He knows me. He knows me, yet he still chose me. He chose me? Everyone say, he chose me. me. Who's ever wondered why God chose you? He chose John Norman, a mischievous lad from Tatum Hive School without a proper formal education, he blagged his way through college and Bible school to lead a church. Yes. He chose me. And by the way, you can write your own story. Because we've all got a story. He knows me, yet he still chose me. You don't know how ridiculous it is for Chantel and I to be doing what we're doing. Honestly, sometimes I'm like, God, how have you, you know me, yet you still chose me. Chantel, Many of you know her story. She was born into a gangster family in East Los Angeles, was meant to be an aborted before she was even born, went to 10 different schools. She was abused, her family in and out of jail, a real fixed address growing up. Yet God says, I've chose you. I chose you. I chose you. God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God knows you, yet He still chose you to be a mom or a dad. He knows we don't always get it right. He knows you, yet He still chose you. He chose you to lead the business. He chose you. He chose you. Faith in Christ produces righteousness. We all mess up. We sin but we cannot make it right because it has already been made right. we will say, John, well, what do I do when I mess up? Well, I'll tell you what to do. You just say sorry. You say sorry, the Bible says, if you confess your sins. It's, it's, it's not God hasn't forgiven you. You know, my kids, whatever they do, I'm still going to love them. They'll still be John and Chantel's children, Riddick and Jussie. And let me tell you, they're little tinkers. They behave in this place. They're little tinkers like your kids are. I'll always love them and always forgive them because they're my children. How much more does our Heavenly Father forgive us? So when we mess up, we we say we're sorry. We admit we've done wrong. By the way, don't tell God when you mess up, God, I'm sorry and I promise I'll never do it again because you will. (laughs) You will because I do. Oh God, I had such a bad attitude at work today. I promise I'll never, ever, ever have a bad attitude again. And the next week, got a bad attitude. We live in a broken, fallen, messed up world. But it's having the humility to come to God and say, God, I'm sorry. His grace has already forgiven you, but it's an acknowledgement to the Father. It's a hum- humbling of ourselves. And as you do that, you remind yourself again that you're loved. You remind yourself again that you're accepted and you remind yourself again that you are forgiven. Faith produces Righteousness. Faith produces righteousness. You know, so many, so many of us, we struggle, don't we, with guilt and condemnation. Who's ever struggled with guilt and condemnation? Four of us. All right, let's do this again. Who's ever struggled with guilt or shame or condemnation? Okay. The Bible says this, if anyone is in Christ... So if you have decided that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Even when I mess up, even when I make mistakes, even when I fall short, I am still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What is righteousness? What is righteous? Right with Him. I am still right with Him, even when I get it wrong, because there's nothing I can do to make it right because it has already been made right through the cross we are justified in Christ what does justified mean? justified means just, just as if I had never sinned so today I've come here for you to be, remind you that you are justified as believers in Christ so what has ever happened in the past what will ever happen in the future you are justified you are made right in Christ not by anything that you can do but by what has already been done through the finished work on Calvary Now, this is, this is the secret. People who struggle with this teaching continue to sin. People who understand it by faith, patterns of sin and patterns of poor behavior and habits, destructive habits, break off their life. If you can come into the freedom of God's grace, I'm telling you, it can set you free from the very thing that you're trying to be. Justified. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace, Soul Church, we have been saved By taking my neighbor groceries. It's still a good idea. By wearing the shame of the past. By grace we have been saved. Faith. You have to believe that you are forgiven. It is the gift of God which means we can't earn it. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. We cannot work ourselves righteous. Jesus made the final eternal sacrifice. There is nothing else to do but believe by faith that you are righteous. He does not need your guilt or shame to pay the price for your sin. People say to me, I know, I know I'm know, i going to get the soft sin email tomorrow. Someone's going to send me the email of, John's gone soft on sin again. We haven't gone soft on sin in this church. The reason I'm teaching this is because of something called the law of double jeopardy. And the law of double jeopardy says you cannot be punished twice for the same sin. And you cannot be punished for something that Christ has already paid for on the cross of Calvary. Is there consequences? This isn't a license to everyone go and do what they want to do. Is there consequences for our our actions? Of course there is. There's consequences for my kids. But guess what? They're forgiven And if you can grasp today that whatever's happened in your past, you're forgiven. You can enter, first of all, a new rest. And you can understand that you're righteous in Him. Let me tell you, it can change everything. Because it's like Pilgrim's Progress. You can unload, offload the sin on your back. Beaten, scorned, punished, Jesus cried out, It is finished. Not, I am finished. It is finished. Your sin is finished. Come on, receive his grace today. Receive his grace afresh today. Whatever's happened this week, you're forgiven. I want you just to get a fresh understand. Just close your eyes. Receive it again. You're righteous today. Not by coming to church. If you thought coming to church today, you're getting a tick in God's box, he doesn't care. He wants you to believe right now. He wants you to have faith right now that you are made whole. Not through works, but through faith. You're not what you've done. Yeah, who your heavenly Father says you are today. Two Corinthians five twenty one. God made him who had no sin to become the sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There was a dad who decided to make his son Billy a video. It was the highlight reel of his uh, son's football career, and uh, all the best moments. And on Billy's birthday, his dad played the video. They sat back on the couch and watched it together, and clip after clip, the son watched. The, the goals fly in, scissor kicks, free kicks, top corner finishes, it was like Timu Pukki. And as the last scene played, Billy sat back and said to his dad, Dad, wow, that, that was amazing. Was I really that good? What Billy didn't realize was that his dad had made, the, made him look a whole lot better than he really was, because Billy's dad, he deleted all the missed penalties, all the yellow cards all the times he was through on goal and put it wide, all the red cards, and all Billy was left with was Billy's best memories. That's exactly what our Heavenly Father has done for us. God edits our lives for the good. All the fouls, all the mistakes, all the wayward moments, they get edited out of the video. They don't make the final cut. And God, who is the master editor, adds in his righteousness instead of my red card and my kit, which is covered with guilt and shame and past. He covers it with a robe of righteousness. I should be stained with mud and dirt, but God says, no, I put my robe of righteousness over you, and I declare you clean and holy, just how I see you. And God takes our entire lives, and instead of us writing our story over it, he writes his story over it. I'm so glad that God's stamp is on my life, not my stamp. My life would have been a mess if it wasn't for Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you're trying to go through life and God says, no, I want to put my stamp on your life. I want to remove the, 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 the mud, the dirt, the past, and I want to place a fresh new chapter over your life. Stop remembering what God has forgotten. Romans 8.8 8 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The question is not today. Has God forgiven you? The question is, have you forgiven you? Have you forgiven you? Because today God has forgiven you, but will you receive His grace? Amen. So why do we walk by faith? Number one, faith produces rest. Number two, faith produces righteousness, and finally, number three, as the team come up, faith produces rewards. <laughs> Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek after him. Faith produces rewards. Who likes rewards? Who likes to be rewarded? I love being rewarded. That was very kind, what you guys did today. We felt very moved by that. And, you know, we all like to be rewarded in our own, our own way. But faith brings many rewards. But I think it brings three specific rewards. Number one is this. Faith brings the reward of God's pleasure. God's pleasure. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. Who likes to please people? We're all the people pleasers in the room. Now, you know, you can please your wife by doing the dishes. My wife, her love language is clean and clean. I come home, I said, I've cleaned the house. She says, you've done what? I said, I've cleaned the house. And she's like, what about that? I said, like, I miss that bit. <laughs> always miss those bits. How, she always sees the things that... I've got to be careful what I say. She's not over the Christmas tree comment yet, are you? <sighs> you know, you can please your kids by taking them to the park. You can please... Your boss by working some extra hours. You can please your pastor by coming to church on time. <clears throat> you know, but God, as much as He loves your house clean and your kids in the park, and He does like you in church on time, but God is pleased in a different way. Because it says that faith pleases God. You know what? When we bring our offering in two weeks' time, we bring pleasure to God. Because God likes it. Because He goes, When you give, suddenly you lose a little bit of control of your life. And He says, I like that. Because I want to prove again that I'm a good, good father. And I want to show my children how much. You see, when we hold on, we can't. God says, I can't get involved. I I can't get involved if you don't give me something to work with. You have to create space in your life for God to fill. And so as we give, we please God. God isn't pleased with how we dress, but keep dressing nice. How well we speak, how educated we are, what school we went to. None of those things actually please God. The thing that pleases God is faith. I said to Chantel this week, I said, I want to give my heart for the house now, this week a heart for the house. I want to give it now because I want to get the seed in the ground now. And as we gave this week, as we stepped out, I honestly, I felt a closeness to God this week that I haven't felt for a while because it was like, God, I need you to. It's like, wow. You see, when you step out in faith, there is a, there is a closeness again to God because you have to rely on Him and lean on Him. And heart for the house, this is a season for you to trust God in this area of your life. And it pleases God. It brings Him pleasure. The second thing that faith does, the faith brings the reward of greater faith. Faith produces faith. You know, we've had so many challenges with the new building over the past 12 months and five and a half years. But there is only one reason I know that we'll get through this month. Because we got through last month that's the only reason because faith produces faith I remember when we first started out on this, on this, on this, on this journey we needed £80,000 for architect fees I was like God I bet you can't get us £80,000 now we're trusting God for millions millions but back then it was like It was like what Jesus said. He says, if you have faith as size as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible. Put a mustard seed up on the screen. I want you to understand the size of the mustard seed. Because I've always thought, oh, I just need mustard seed faith. But God said, no, mustard, mustard seed faith is entry point. It's entry point. That seed is like, half the size of your pinky fingernail. But mustard seed faith produces mustard leaf faith. And mustard leaf faith produces mustard tree faith. And mustard tree faith produces mustard forest faith. And God is saying, hey, hey, I can just start you with a seed. If you could just put something in the ground at half the house, I want to prove to you that I am real, that I can get you through. I want to show you that I'm in control. And if you could just get a seed in the ground, maybe I could show you what it is to see a leaf and to see a tree and to see a forest. Five years ago, I'm Lord, if we could just have enough money to pay the architects. I can't even think about the forest ahead. And God says, you know what? I'm gonna prove to you that we can pay the architect's fees. God, we're gonna need something a little bit bigger than the architect's fees. But because I've already seen God do it with this, I think God can get us to here. And because God's got us to nearly the end of phase two, I know God can get us to phase three. And if God can prove himself at phase three, God can get us through to phase four. He who has been faithful. He who has been faithful will continue. And just maybe, just maybe, just maybe in years to come, the church will be the seed. And then we can look at a school. Who knows, we could have a hospital. Imagine, I started dreaming in Nigeria, imagine a Christian hospital. Imagine we could start dreaming and helping those who are in desperate need. But guess what, it starts as a little seed. Seed, seed of faith, and a seed turns into a plant, and a plant turns into a tree, and a tree turns into a forest, and suddenly the city are taking notice. We are in a city on a hill which cannot be shaken. We are being called to be the light of the world. Hallelujah! Come on, lift those hands! Hallelujah! Just remain standing. Faith, it brings the reward of God's pleasure. Faith brings the reward of greater faith. I said to God, I don't even want my faith to have started yet. I felt so much faith in Nigeria. I felt like I haven't even got going yet. And today, maybe it's a seed for you. For me, I'm like, I've got a tree of faith, but I want it to grow into a forest. But we've all got to start somewhere on this journey. And heart for the house is this opportunity to prove God. But the third reward for faith is this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. You know what faith produces? It produces hope. In a hopeless world right now, we need faith. It is hopeless outside of these walls. And so, what do we do? We hold on to hope. How do we hold on to hope? You've got to have faith. But you've got to have faith in the right things. Because some of us have had faith in our football team. Some of have had faith in the government. Some of us have had faith in celebrities and they've let us down. Don't have faith in me because I'm human. Our faith and our trust is in God. We've been singing it. He is our Redeemer. And so we hold on today. We hold on to hope in a hopeless world. But faith produces hope. Faith produces hope. Rest, righteousness, and rewards. Now, come on. Who's saying today, I making a decision this week. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm walking by faith. I'm not going to walk with the spirit of fear. I'm going to walk with the spirit of faith. I'm leaving here today, and I'm going to leave with my head held high, my shoulders back. If my God is for me, then who can stand against me? I've got faith for tomorrow. I've got faith for my future. I've got faith. I've got faith for my family. I've got faith for my finances. Hallelujah. Sorry, i preached a bit long, but in Nigeria, they told me to preach as long as I wanted. And I said, is an hour good? That's too short, Pastor John. You've got to keep preaching. So sorry, it's just rubbing off on me a little bit. You know... I wanna pray for three groups of people. First is you saying today, I'm gonna to trade my worry for rest. You're just allowing worry. That bit was for you. You're saying today, I'm just gonna to trust God. I'm just gonna trust God. Just trust God. That was for me. Where are you? You're, you're worrying. You're worrying about what's happening around. Just come on, my hand's up. My hand's not just up, my hand's up because I'm asking God for some help right now. Come on, we've got so many obstacles ahead of us. Come on, we can't have rest if we have worry. We've got to choose which one we go to sleep with tonight. The devil's just a scarecrow. He's harmless. He's harmless, but if you allow him, he will scare you. He will frighten you, he will steal your rest, your sleep. Come to me, come to me, all those who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. Father, I speak rest. I speak the rest of Christ over your church right now. Father, we trade. We trade our worries. We cast our cares and concerns unto you. We give you our children, our families, our grandchildren, our jobs, our mortgages, our electricity bills. We give all the things over to you which in the natural make no sense right now. We give our world to you, Father God. And Father, we choose right now to trust you. I speak sleep over your church tonight. For those who are struggling with insomnia, for those who are struggling, Father, they're battling with their mental health. It's keeping them awake. Right now, I speak your peace. The shalom of God. Complete sleep, Father. Complete peace, Father. We receive it right now by faith. I want you to say this right now. I receive it by faith. You say, I receive it by faith. By faith. By faith. All right. I want to pray for another group. Today I choose to believe by faith that I'm righteous, that I'm forgiven. Maybe something happened in your life a long time ago and you've never been able to forgive yourself. Maybe things have happened recently, maybe you're living with guilt and with shame, but today you've understood that there's nothing more that you can do apart from believe that you're forgiven. And as you do that, and you begin to renew your mind. God's going to set you free. But if you're holding on, I don't want anyone walking around, anyone looking around. I want every eye closed. But you're holding on to shame, to guilt, to condemnation, to things in the past, and you cannot forgive yourself today. Jesus wants to set you free. Slip up your hand right now, all over this room. Just slip up. God wants to forgive you right now. Freedom, freedom by grace, by grace. I choose to believe. Say this together. I choose to believe. By faith I am forgiven, I am free, I am whole, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I walk by faith and not by sight. I am free from the law of sin and death in Jesus' name, amen. I speak freedom over you right now. By faith you are free. By faith you are free. I want you to tell someone this week. I want you to share your story with someone. I want you to tell them that you're forgiven. Sometimes you've got to tell someone that you're forgiven. You have to publicly, you have to let it out. Holding it in, you need to talk to someone. This is why being in a group is so important in church. Because you find safe environments to trust people. And if you're not in a group, there's an opportunity to get in a group, to find community and share your story. Rest over worry, righteous and over works. Number three make a decision today I'm walking by faith and I'm going to choose rewards over wandering I choose to be a God pleaser I choose to grow my faith and I choose to hold on to hope in this hopeless world so today you're saying I'm going to choose I'm going to choose rewards I want to be a God pleaser I want God's rewards over my life come on let's receive it by faith I want to pray for people who are struggling with their faith you're saying, God, all, all I want is a mustard seed. If you just need a mustard seed of faith, you just ask God, help me. Help me, just a mustard seed. For some of you, it could be, God, I, I, I want to grow my faith into a tree. I want to I, I grow it into a forest. But God, I, I need to start somewhere today. I need to start somewhere today. So God, I pray, Father, that you would strengthen us. You would strengthen us. You would prove yourself real again in our lives. As we let go and as we trust you, Father, we don't want to be people pleasers. We want to be God pleasers. And we know that faith brings pleasure to you in Jesus' name. One more group of people I want to pray for. You've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you've been coming to church for many months, weeks, years. I don't know how long you've been coming for, but you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. And today you're saying, John, I want to receive the grace of God. What I've been talking about today it's primarily for people who are believers in Christ. If you want to receive that rest, the righteousness and the rewards, it's making that first step, making that first step to receive his love towards you. Just like Billy in my story, Billy had made many mistakes, but this is the moment where we give our lives to the master editor. and He takes all of the bad bits out and he gives us his grace and his forgiveness. The Bible says for all have sinned, We've all messed up. We've all fallen short. He loves you. Today, we're not here to point out your failures, your mistakes, your past. We're here to point you to Jesus. He's the only person who can bring freedom and forgiveness in your life. It's not alcohol. It's not a new partner. It's not a drug. It's not any of those things that we try and and bring some kind of numbness to the pain that we feel. It's Jesus. He can bring you into newness of life. He can set you free. All you have to do is simply acknowledge your need for Him. You can receive His grace and His, lo- His love. If every eye closed, I'm going to count to three. And I'd love to know who I'm, who I'm praying for today. I want to pray for you. But would you just signal to me when I get to three, just say, John, that's me. Pray for me. I want to receive the love and the forgiveness of Jesus. All over this room, one, two, three. Just slip up your hand and say, I want to receive His love His forgiveness today. God bless you. God bless you. God bless, God bless you. 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 Amazing. Online, if you're watching online, this moment's for you. Write something in the chat. Say, I'm making a decision to follow Jesus today. Maybe you're listening on the podcast. Maybe just stop the car right now. Just pull over. We're going to say this prayer together. Because this is, this is a moment. Life-changing decision you're making. We're going to say this together out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me Amen. to forgive all my sins and my failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and to live for you. Amen. Amen. Would you congratulate everyone in the room online who said that prayer today you said the prayer our team are going to be just outside in the foyers when you leave to just be holding up a bible and i'd love you just to take hold of a bible it's a gift from us to you to really congratulate you. And you know what the bible does when you read it, it increases your faith it increases your faith you know what the newspaper does it increases your fear that's for next week who's enjoyed part one Three parts. Come back next week. Make sure you're here next week for part two. But let us know if you made that decision. Come and speak to us, one of the team. And we want to help you take your next steps forward. Fantastic. Thank you, Jesus.